Welcome, 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 welcome everyone to this week's episode of Roll for Persuasion, your weekly podcast where I chat with creatives and entertainers about the cool stuff they do, the nerdy things they love, and how the two of those mix up together. Uh, It's always fun to have really great guests on the show, just fantastic people um, for some reason say yes and come on the show and it's so great to have them here and I have one of those people with me here today. We will get to him in just a moment. As always, we want to first shout out and give a big thank you to our fantastic sponsors at Hero Forge. Hero Forge is one of the best places to go for customized miniatures for your tabletop gaming pursuits. You can get so much. They, they gave me a list of all of the different uh, species and options, and it's too long to read. We would run out of time, and the show would just be me reading all that. So what you should do is go to HeroForge.com and just make ridiculous cool characters to your heart's content. It will be awesome because they are awesome. You can even get them printed in color. If you don't feel like painting, you can get them printed in color, and that looks pretty freaking amazing too. I just ordered a whole bunch more uh, for my game the other day because they are that fantastic. Keep an eye on their social at HeroForge Minis. They announce new updates and new content every week, usually on Tuesdays, so you can always stay up to date on what cool new options you have for your characters. Thank you to them for supporting the show, making sure it happens. Check them out, HeroForge.com. I am very, very excited to welcome in a super awesome guest today to the show. He plays the orc Ugo Rage Fist on the Dungeon Run. He's an actor. He's a content creator. He's a mini connoisseur. Uh, he's a man of many skills, many talents, and many happy nerdy pursuits. Let's welcome in Ron Ogden. Ron, how's it going, man? Thank you for that introduction. You humble me. Uh, I'm, I, it's going well. Thank you so much for having me. And if I could uh, just speak about your sponsor, I have kickstarted Hero Forge and I love them. They have a lot of different options. They're incredible. So I completely agree with your <laughs> with your sentiment there. And please go there and 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 work with that company. Yeah, they they <laughs> they are super great. I've also kickstarted them uh, back when they first yeah. announced the uh, the color yeah. printing, which just seemed yeah, like. Same crazy magic. I was like, yes, I'll follow your ridiculousness that you claim can happen. And it does. And it's really cool. They just added a translucent. You can actually print see-through now, which is just crazy. So super cool people. Great to work with. Glad to have them on the show. Almost as glad as we are to have you on the show. So thank you so much. Uh, how was that for a segue? That was that was pro right that there. That was good. That yeah. was, you, you're a smooth man. That's Ooh, what you are. <laughs> do what we can. Do what we can. Uh, what's going on, man? Uh, who are you? For people who, who don't know, give me, give me Ron in a nutshell. Sure. Uh, my name is Ron Ogden. Um, I am a transplant. Uh, I live in LA currently. I'm an, as you said, an actor and a, uh, a content creator. I produce some of my own content, uh, Twitch streamer, you know, the whole, whole kid and caboodle. Um, I grew up in the military. Both of my parents were in the army. I moved around a lot when I was early in, in my age, uh, before we really settled, uh, in the Georgia area. Um, I, Rose a little bit to, I had a little bit of success in the, in the acting world in Atlanta. I'm in a few movies uh, people could probably see, one of which is still my favorite. It's, a, it's an Asylum film. Are you familiar with Asylum at all? Uh, I, I'm, I'm familiar with Asylum, yes. Yeah. So Sharknado, for those of you who may not be familiar with, uh, with Asylum, they also made other, what they call mock busters, where they took and essentially made bad versions of big, big Hollywood films. And one of which they did was called Abraham Lincoln versus Zombies. Yes. Uh, and I am in that film. I play one of the Secret Service agents, and I have a hatchet in one hand and a six-shooter in the other. We- it's a ridiculous film. I love it still. I have no shame about being in that film. Uh, so if you have not had a chance to see it, I highly recommend you do. Uh, just be warned, it is in the genre of bad 
purposefully bad horror. I was so excited when that movie came out, and I was so excited when I saw that you had been in it. Um, unfortunately, due to the the way in which my uh, my friends and I chose to watch that film, I don't remember much of it. So I need to because <laughs> yeah. it, it was one of those like after a long night of, of uh, you know post college drinking, it was like, oh my gosh, this sounds ridiculous. Let's watch it. And I remember, I think, is there a scene where Abe's like on top of a train or something that rings a bell? Or There's, something like there, that. There are a couple of scenes like that, yes, okay. where we're in various ridiculous things. Like, what? Why are zombies just standing? I'm going to go and rewatch that. Was that was that so much fun to do? Because that just seems like the kind of movie that would just be a blast to be in. Oh, it was so much fun to do. It was it was um, it was a hard film to do. They didn't have a whole lot of money because it's sure. a bad horror movie. Uh, so it was a hard one to do. And, you know, there's some questionable things that I'm sure occurred uh, on the set. But at the end of the day, it was all about the camaraderie of the people that were making that right. film, especially the actors and the people uh, on set every day. Uh, and so that that I think really got us through. We all became very close on that film uh, in a way uh, be, we were forced to. Uh, so that was really good. It was a lot of fun to do. It just was a lot of hard work. Uh, because sure. Of, and especially then I didn't. That was early on in my, you know, rising acting uh, career. Right. But uh, I learned a lot from that film to take forward into other films that I eventually understood. Okay, that's what was going wrong there. That's what thing we shouldn't do. So, but it was a it was a wonderful th- experience, right? I learned right, a lot, yeah. and it was a it was a it was a fun way to get me to to let out some creativity. And my whole my whole viewpoint going into it was. This will either be incredibly bad and great stories for comedy or will be incredibly bad and hilarious. Luckily, it turned out to be incredibly bad, in my opinion, very hilarious. Well, and, and that's there's a sweet spot for that with movies. So, uh, you know, definitely, definitely a fun thing. It is now on my list to go and rewatch. Like, be like, that guy. I know that dude. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. then, so you you said you transplanted from, uh, from yeah, Georgia. Yeah, so I transplanted from uh, Atlanta. I eventually um, started getting in bigger and bigger things. And I landed a role, uh, a... It's a weird role. It's a actor role, but it's also a crew role in a movie. The movie was Alvin and Chipmunk's Road Chip. Okay. Uh, I was the reader, or what the way they referred to it on set was, I was the on-set voice of Theodore. Oh, okay. So you were means, there. Provo- okay, yeah, yeah. You, right. Explain. Yeah, yeah. So what that means is the Alvin and Chipmunks are all computer generated, right? They're CGI right. Uh, animatronic, or, or not animatronic, excuse me, just CGI. So you don't have anyone, if you're an actor who's real, you don't have anyone to talk to or react from yeah. when they're talking to you. And so they found out early that they need that. And so they hired comedians, improv comedians, actors, people who were funny uh, for to read those voices. And essentially we were on set for the entire 10 weeks that they used to shoot that film. We went everywhere they went. Mm-hmm. Uh, any, any improv that you see in that film is, is mostly done by the actors who are reading on the, on, on the day. Interesting. Uh, so there's even an inclusion of baby got back in that film. Okay. And largely was because we were at a scene where we're at a golf course. Right. I don't want to spoil any too much for those who might want to watch the movie, but uh, they're on a golf course and Theodore has a, he's being picked up by like a, one of the windmills that's on the golf course. Okay. And he starts a, in the script. It says he does a randomized vocal, uh, song like he just he's singing something while it's happening and so we did it like 35 times and the first time we did it i just instinctively sang something strange and the director was like keep doing that and so one of them which got the biggest laugh on set of the day was i sang 
uh, baby got back <laughs> and ended up in the <laughs> and movie. They kept it and used it. That's so funny. So, so they, they took your improv stuff and then when they give right. the lines to the actors for um, right. ADR or whatever, dubbing or whatever it is, then oh, that's super. I had no idea. See, the more you learn. Yeah, it's it, it was really it, I had no idea either. And so when I got the job, it was like, this is strange. I'm an actor, but I'm not an actor according to the set. I'm, a, I'm more of a set person. Right? I'm a McCrew, right. Right. Which was really interesting to, to experience as an actor who's also considered crew because I had the flexibility of crew, but I was being treated like I was an actor. Interesting. So it was a wonderful experience. I loved every minute of it. I made a lot of friends. It was just a strange thing. It was a strange thing for me to experience. It's so interesting how like specific uh, roles, um, not acting roles, but like work roles grow out of just pure necessity, right? Like that, like yeah. realizing, Hey, we can't just have, you know, Bob the the whoever just reading blank faced off the script we really right. need personality that they can interact with and right. then just obviously by that nature what you put into the film whether that's improv or I imagine even um, obviously your performance impacts the the live actor that you're working with and so even right. though your voice isn't in the film your fingerprints are all over because right. their performance is based off yours right that's and very based interesting off of, even their performance is based off of mine but also based off of the other actors who are basing their performance off of mine. right words. right so that's what the, that's where it's like well am i an actor like what you know there's such a weird there's sure, such a yeah. weird line there because i would say as an actor that that actually absolutely was an 100 percent. yeah it required all of my acting abilities to do they hired actors for that reason it's very clear uh but it was also one of those where like i'm not on camera i'm not on camera. I might be seeing what's happening around here and I might throw in a word or two just because I've seen what's going on sure. or I remember the previous scenes, but there's no guarantee that any of that's going to be used. And even if it is, it's not my voice that comes out. So, yeah. You know, it's almost yeah. like doing live theater and then having that later be adapted into yes. a film where then someone's performing yeah. based off your performance, but the people who yep. see the film don't actually see you. That's so interesting. Yeah. So many layers. Yeah. And that's, that's the interesting thing I love about, acting in general and especially with all the technological advances we have like twitch mm, uh, mm -hmm. and and you know previously the dungeon run was on caffeine things like caffeine which are distinctly different in my opinion from twitch and, and caffeine sure um but you're absolutely right it's such an interesting thing that it's you know acting is this in interesting job that i've always said if there's anything else in this world when people ask should i be an actor oh i want to be an actor if there's anything else in this world that can make you happy go do that because this is not fun. Sure. All the time. It's fun probably 10% of the time. Yeah. Now, when that 10% happens, it's extremely fun. And holy crap, it was worth all that 90% of effort. But you have to make sure that if you want to be an actor, that you can get there. I think what you're saying right? is. You need to get to be able to if, go like, well, I'm okay with putting 90% of hard work in and right. getting a 10% return. That's very fun. So uh, for me, it's about how fulfilling it is. Um, and that's where the dungeon run really it is great to segue into because yeah. I can say 100% despite having worked with people like George Clooney, uh, you know, Al Jason Alexander, all of these big names that I have had a chance to work with. It is the dungeon run that has been the most fulfilling as an actor. Yeah. Well, real quick. Probably then. the point. Go ahead. Oh, no, no, go ahead. You please. By all yeah. Means. So, I, I mean, <clears throat> the dungeon run didn't require a lot of work. It now does because we are now running it. Uh, sure. We were on caffeine. It was being uh, sponsored and run by caffeine. Um, and then they changed their way, that, the direction they're going creatively. And so they were so kind enough to let us have our own licensing. So now that we can bring it back up on Twitch. So we're now on twitch.tv slash the dungeon run Wednesdays at 9 p.m. Uh, excuse me, 6 p.m. 
Pacific Standard Time. Um, and uh, now there's a little bit more work involved, right? Sure. Uh, now I'm I'm doing a lot. We all are. All six of us are doing so much more. Yeah, yeah. A lot different when you go from, I assume, more or less just showing up and playing and then someone else is producing to like juggling all right. the pieces. Um, we just, when this yeah. comes out, it will have been about a month ago, but I just launched uh, a new actual play show myself. So I'm I'm knee deep in and. All of that, knee deep, neck deep, really. All of that, so yeah. you know exactly what all that's like. Hundred percent, but probably a smaller scale than where you, where you guys are right now. Sure. But you know, it's it, a lot of the production elements are very much the same. Um, yeah. So for people I mean, who you still have to, be... yeah, yeah, no, I was just gonna say for the people who haven't had a chance to, um, you know, check out the dungeon run, can you kind of uh, give us the synopsis of what they can expect if they come check out the show? Uh, sure. Uh, so the dungeon run is a live play D and D show. Um, I like to refer it more as it's six people long form improvising in the backdrop of D&D, a homebrewed D&D campaign. Jeff Kanata is our DM. He is absolutely incredible. This this man's ability to tell a story is legendary. And I'm not yeah. and I'm not just saying that because he's my friend and and I love him deeply, but if any of you know any of Jeff's work uh, elsewhere, you can all attest that the man is a genius. Uh, and so to be able to play on a, with a table at that man, um, I, I feel very humbled by that. It's it's incredible to be a part of a story. And that's part of why I think there's so much f- so much of fulfillment for me as an actor mm-hmm. in this particular show and playing Ugo. Um, Jeff is very good about letting us, even though he's the DM, we all write that story together. Sure, yeah. And a lot of the time we don't know where we're going. In fact, this last episode that we did, episode 81... Uh, is a bit of a nail biter and uh, a lot of anxiety because it's it's that specific example of like you and the thing that I try I'm a DM as well I've played D and D for since I was 17 so going uh, on you know 30 some years now so or 20 some years now excuse me so uh, most of that have, I have also been a DM so I can I can relate to Jeff uh, when things are happening and there's one thing you learn as a DM no matter how much you prepare. No matter how much you might think about what different things that your characters and your group party might do, you can never anticipate everything. Right. And so improv becomes very, very important. And we're lucky because Jeff is an incredible improviser, especially especially when you're trying to tell a long-form story. Sure. Uh, Morgan Peter Brown, another individual uh, who plays in the Dungeon Run, he plays James Quillis, uh, a human warlock. And Morgan... Um, is kind of our de facto producer leader now. Uh, Morgan, if you're not familiar with, does a lot of uh, producing of his own uh, horror films and content. He's also a very, very popular actor. He's You can even see him in some uh, shows going on now. Um, he also uh, helps a lot with that. He, you know, what I really love with Morgan is Ugo and James have a very rocky but loving relationship, very much like brothers. Uh, I don't know, Andrew, do you have a brother? I do. I have two. So you know sometimes they can get a little uh it's it's always <laughs> you know, much. people who are not your brothers always are like, oh man, they're really fighting. But yeah. it's at the end you're like, yeah, but he's my brother. I right. Think, <laughs> only I can fight him. Like if you try to fight him, we're gonna have a problem. But I can fight him. Right. Uh, it's that relationship. That dynamic, and sure. And it and it really helps with uh storytelling. These all these different relationships that I that Ugo has with all of the different characters, whether it's uh Jessica Lynn Parsons who plays uh Fahima Taig, she's our uh, young wizard learning the world as she goes uh, and learning it quite well recently. If you aren't watching, you should. It's incredible to see her grow uh, as a character. 
uh, to CPU McGrow. Uh, Siv Red Thistle, I have a lot of relationship with him, almost in a brotherly way. Ours is more tied to battle and former combat. Uh, and then um, we have Lily Dumblestuck, and that is the one I think that keeps us mostly together. And is Uggos, if 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 you were to give it any kind of movie trope, it would be like King Kong and the and the and the girl. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. it's very it's very similar to that, or it was. It's grown since then, but it's a very similar like you help me understand what humanity's about and you're the paragon. So I'm trying to understand that. And she helps with that. So uh, it's such a fascinating thing. This is why I mean, it's so fulfilling because you, uh, for we all get so many different opportunities to touch on different parts of a character and, and a, a character that we're embodying. And it's incredible. I'm a live, a LARPer. I, uh, oh, yeah. I live action role played for about 15 years of my life. Uh, and I, I live played in a, in a, our biggest thing was take it in play, right? So if something bad happens or something that's hard to deal with, use that, use it as your, sure. use it as your motivation as a character. And that has always really informed me well. And doing that actually, I think made me a better actor in general, because you get to, emb- I got to embody a, a single character for weekends at a time, once a month. Right. For years. You, you, you've been living in, in their shoes longer yeah. than most act. You know, like you said, what your Alvin and the Chipmunk shoot was 10 right. weeks movies Ten weeks. Um, outside of Lord of the Rings or something like that, you know, are a short, more or less experience versus a game like this where you guys have been playing it. Is it a couple of years now? Uh, we have been almost two years now. I think our two years coming up. Um, I, I told you we're like on episode next week will be episode 82. So, you know, 82 four hour episodes. That's a lot of time. Yeah. <laughs> significant amount of time for sure. Yeah. And, and more time in an acting environment that I've ever had in my entire life. Right. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm, I'm a commercial actor. I've done a lot of that work as well, but this has, that, and I think that maybe ties in a little bit why it's so fulfilling for me is that it's, it's concentrated acting in one particular body, but in a long form way, I, I'm also, uh, have a lot of long form improv in my experience, uh, both as a professional long form improviser mm-hmm. um, and as a, at using it as a survival tool. Uh, because if you don't know, improv is absolutely a survival tool for human for, for life. Sure. So if you're listening to this, I highly recommend you take an improv class. If you never have, it will do you so much good and you won't even know it. Uh, and there are great so, classes available even on zoom right now in the midst yeah. of COVID. So, so by all means go and uh, go and yes. And a bit. Yeah. Right. Go and yes. And a bit and, and learn, you know, you don't wake up every day with a script in your hand. So life is improv. Right. Uh, and therefore, if you can learn a little bit about improv, you can learn a little bit about life. Very wise words. Yeah. I, uh, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned, um, Jeff, I am playing in a, uh, uh, game with Jasper's game day. And actually I noticed you wearing a, a Jasper shirt right now. Fantastic organization. Um, you can't see yeah. it cause this is an audio show, but just oh, picture, right. picture it. If you can, dear listener, um, I, it's deep purple. It, it's a gorgeous. Royal. It really is. Uh, I'm a big fan of Jasper's love playing games with them, but um, yeah. Jeff was going to DM the game. I'm playing with uh, Anthony Rapp, who's been on the show previously. And oh, yeah. uh, I was like, oh man, I, I, I'm so excited to play with this guy. And then I think he had something come up and he had to back out. And uh, Deborah Ann Wall is going to step in, um, which is a, a another fantastic option. So I feel like I win either way, but now Jeff is still yeah. on my hit list of people to, to get to play with at some point. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not even sure. I know, uh, Jeff has got so much going on. He seems like a busy person for sure. Yeah. And anything, he doesn't like to ever back out on anything. So if he did, it was for a a very particular reason. Um, 
But I have been working with Jasper's Game Day now since the start of the dungeon run. Um, Fenway Jones is an incredible, Amazing. incredible organizer. Yeah. Um, and especially at her age, she's very young, uh, doing incredible work. Uh, I, I cannot wait to see where she goes yeah. with all of this. She has been very incredibly kind to me as well. Recently, I ran a uh, completely created on my own one shot, uh, both on Gary Khan uh, at Gary Khan as well as on D and D Beyond. Oh wow! Um, and so that was a very cool thing. I got to speak and, and butt heads a little bit with Joe Starr. Yeah, and I will be playing in Jasper's game day in May at Joe Starr's table. So uh, I'm really excited about that. If you aren't familiar, Joe Star is the new community head. Yeah, over at the, super cool uh, dude. Uh, also from Screen Junkies, if any of you are big fans of that. So uh, super cool dude. Uh, and I'm I'm just humbled to be so accepted so quickly. You know, sometimes, especially in like things that are important like this, mm-hmm. uh, it's hard to break in. Right. Um, just because like, who are you? And it's like anything, right? Yeah, it's, everything yeah. becomes insular. People protect things because they care about them and rightly so. Uh, and so it's been very wonderful to be able to, to just, you know, kind of reach out and be like, Hey guys, I, you know, I, I'm not anybody special. Uh, I have a, I have a voice. I play a character. Crazy stuff goes on in my head. I try to organize it so that it at least appears cool. And um, can I do that on your show? <laughs> and have them go, yeah, sure. Bring the crazy. Yeah, Let's yeah, go. Sure, absolutely. Let's go. And yeah. it's just, it's it's so cool. You know, like I'm, I, my, I grew up and I speak about this in the Dungeon Run, our cooldowns and all of them. Uh, we have a show that if you're a Patreon supporter, uh, you can watch the VOD you get intimate knowledge. Just, uh, I think a lot of Patreons do that where you get some behind the scenes right, that right. went on in, in the head of people while they're playing. So in my cooldowns, I talk a little bit about it. I had a rough childhood. My mm-hmm. childhood wasn't, um, was, was hard. And, uh, but this has all like improv, all of this has been really cool because it's, it's it, in my life, I'm seeing this progression, uh, coming from a low place to a medium place. Yeah. And it's, it's very, it's very kind. And I'm lucky. And I, if, if anyone's listening to this, if I've worked with you and you've given me a shot, thank you. I really appreciate you, Andrew, for letting me on this show. Thank you so much. So um, very excited to have you, honestly. And it's just, and that's so what's great. cool about this community, right? Is that it, once you, once you start to know people and work with people, um, you know, everyone talks to everyone. So like, I'm, yeah. I'm going to be on a D and D beyond stream with Joe, uh, next week, actually in the oh, past, okay. whenever you hear this, but, um, Dwarven Forge is doing something. So we're going to, we're going to hop on with them okay. and chat about uh, terrain okay. and, and all that fun stuff. But, but oh, yeah. yeah, we all know each other. Right. So we, um, and, and you're right. I'm fairly new to it as well, but you talk to one person they're like, Oh, you were cool to work with. What if you go work with this person? And, and then you yeah. tell someone else like, Hey, what, what if you came over here and, and did this? Right. And, um, it's, it's a, it's a very, very loving and, and close knit community. So you're absolutely right. right. And that's, that's kind of different than what I've experienced in the acting world, mm-hmm. right? In the acting world, it's not like that. It's, it's very, uh, at least in my experience, it can be very cutthroat. Sure. Uh, it's very, you know, everybody wants to be working. Uh, and there are so many actors that not everybody can be working. So it yeah. can get kind of nasty sometimes. I have been very lucky in the people that I've met while acting aren't that way. Uh, and especially this group of people that I now work with and that I literally now own a business with them. Yeah. Uh, you have to know someone and trust someone pretty well if you have a business with them. Uh, and so I've been very lucky to find uh, a group of individuals through a casting process that have now become my very close friends and people that I can trust. And that has been, I think, very helpful for me in the last two years. Uh, finding individuals like that because you're right it's 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 a close-knit community 
Um, but I've noticed, and I know this from our community on the Dungeon Run, incredible people in these communities, right? Our Dungeon Run community is, it's, it's, a, it's a beast on its own. And it's so fascinating to me because I, I know I've been on part of online communities and I know how toxic it can get pretty quickly. Right. Uh, we have not had that issue in two years. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm hoping we don't have that issue ever going forward. Uh, inevitably, you will have, you know, toxic individuals that you have to deal with in any community. But we're very lucky. We have a very supportive community. It's the only reason we're back up on Twitch. It's the only reason we can even do any of these things. So I know UTDR fans are listening. Thank you so much. Uh, just showing up is so helpful and so wonderful. Thank you. Can you, if you don't mind, can you talk yeah. a little bit about the shift for y'all from being on ca- caffeine to now being, like you said, self-owned and, and self-producing yeah. and up on Twitch? What has that process been like? Uh, it's been hard. That's for sure. Um, and uh, to to lead, I want to say that caffeine has been incredible throughout the whole process. Um, it's hard to tell anyone that their show is canceled. Sure. Uh, so it's always going to feel like that's personal. I don't ever think it's personal. And that's one thing I've learned in the industry is you can't take things personally. If you do, you won't last long in the industry. And so it's nothing personal. And it shows a lot of good faith on their part that they even let us get back up and, and find a way right. to relaunch. So that I didn't even ever expect. The fact that we're there, I have so much respect for Caffeine and its entire uh, organization because of how wonderful they have been to us in this process. Now, that being said, that means there's a lot of hard work, right? Like uh, you go from not doing anything to now doing everything. And it has literally been that. It's six of us trying to do everything that 50 people were doing before. Sure. So the show changes, right? We don't have the the cool studio that we had before. We may get there. We don't have it currently. COVID is still a thing, still a you know a hurdle we can't even yet try to to overcome. Uh, it is our intention uh, to try to do that. Of course, that means we need more supports and and that kind of thing. Um, you know, even now where we're having to do more ads and video content and editing. So I've become our de facto editor. Uh, I taught myself how to edit using the Adobe suite. Yeah. Uh, it took me a few number of years just doing my own things over and over and over again and go, oh, okay, this is now I lucked out and I actually was a flash programmer for a very long time. Oh wow, yeah. Yeah. So uh Adobe After Effects and, and this infrastructure is very similar to that. It grew out of that uh infrastructure. So it's not too difficult for me to pick up something that seems somewhat similar. But footage and all of that gathering footage all this stuff it's a lot of work i'm sure you know uh, even for your podcast i'm sure you know so you know we're all picking up different pieces of the of the of the workload and carrying it and because we have such a diverse talent pool in our group we're able to do it and it's incredible it's you know each week new things arise uh we're we're finding out new things every week um, that are eye-opening in both directions, positive and positive and negative. Sure. But we are all together, and just like the the heroes of Bingle, we rely on each other and we trust each other, and we and we try to communicate as best as possible. And that really shows. I think it really shows that we could go from being canceled in January, the beginning of January, to being back up in March. Yeah, I, did, I, I didn't realize it had May, been that quick. Or, or wow. April, excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we we were we uh, they stopped producing the dungeon run, I think, this 
first weekend of January was or the first Wednesday of January back was the last episode. Okay. And then by March 31st, we were back up and running on Twitch. Um, that is no we, small feat. No small feat yeah. at all. And, and, and I got to be honest, Twitch has been very helpful, right? They, they reached out to us. Um, we are now a partner with Twitch. Uh, they've been very, very, they have also been very kind to us, uh, even putting us on the front page uh, last Wednesday, oh, awesome. uh, which was incredible. So, you know, it's a lot of, it's a lot of work, man. And we're not even done. We've got so much more that we still have to do. Uh, I'm a programmer by trade before I became an actor. And so I'm working on trying to get our extension up and running. And so that everything can run smoothly and we can have some good, uh, reporting and all of the bells and whistles that our, right. that our audience wants. Um, <clears throat> so that's just going to take time and effort, but I wouldn't, there are, there's not a group of people that I, I'd rather be doing it with because this group of people is so incredible. That's fantastic. Um, that, that's super great. And, and like I said, I didn't realize it was so quick. And so, I mean, just yeah. tip of the hat to all of you for, um, you know, pivoting so quickly and then yeah, just kind of based on, on, you know, what I've seen of viewership and, and people talking about y'all just very successfully yeah. getting back up and going, um, very quickly, just, just a couple weeks ago. So very yeah, excited to working, see where things go. You know, one of the things about the dungeon run is we're very, uh, interactive, right? Like the, the people who watch can, can interact with the show and change things that are happening in the show. We're still working on getting all those back up and running. Um, we do have, I'd say most of what we had before. We're still trying to get what we call our forces of good and forces of evil, which are, you know, big, uh, if you think it almost like a wild magic table, mm -hmm. uh, it, for those of you who are familiar with D&D, &D, it's very similar to that. But those cards are sourced by your community as well. Oh, wow. So you can even interact that way, right? Where that doesn't, anyone can submit a card. Uh, so it's, that's the part I really drew me in to the dungeon run to begin with is that it was going to be so interactive. Uh, and I, we feel that that's definitely something that needs to move forward. And we've been giving that a lot of uh, time and effort in, into relaunching. So uh, I'm, I'm really excited about that as well is that now we can even have even more interaction than we did before yeah, yeah. because of Twitch's Twitch's uh, built in systems that they've been working on. That's really fantastic. Output. That's awesome. Uh, well, let's take a, a yeah. real quick break here. I want to give a shout out to uh, one other sponsor that I love to work with. Super fantastic people. That That's kind of a thing. If I work with people, um, I hope that they are awesome and I try and make sure that I'm only working with awesome people. And I can 100% say that the crew over at Die Hard Dice are just uh, fantastically amazing, wonderful people. Shout out to Diana who helps run their whole Dice Affiliate program, which I'm proud to be a part of. Um, the work they do in the community is spectacular. And the work that they do with Dice, pretty darn good too. So big shout out to them for their amazing dice. If you want to go get some amazing dice of your own, well, guess what you can just go to dieharddice.com. And while you're there, if you want to save 15% on your order, you can use my code, which changes every month. But here's the trick. Just take the word roll, take the month that you're in and put it at the end. So right now it's roll April next month. It'll be roll May and you got the code. So you can, you can always, uh, Get that nice little discount and support the show because a little bit of that comes back to me and helps make the show happen. But more than anything, you get really beautiful dice to roll and only ever give you natural 20s. That's not a guarantee, but it's also not not a guarantee. So definitely go check them out. DieHardDice.com. Uh, super appreciate them and their support for the show. And one more shout out while we're talking about awesome D&D actual plays. You can check out my awesome D&D actual play, which recently launched. You can go check out Second Star to the Right, which is a D&D actual play show that follows the uh, 
happenings of five adventurers from our world who are thrown into the mythical world of Neverland in a race against time to recover a fallen star. We stream every other Friday on twitch.tv slash secondstarshow, and the podcast and VOD versions are up the week later. So just go to secondstar.show to get links to everything, all of our social and whatnot. Uh, We're having a great time. I personally think it's a very great show. Uh, If you want to learn more and support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash secondstarshow. And uh, the great thing is it's on Friday night, so you can catch a dungeon run on Wednesdays, and then every other Friday you can catch Second Star and just get some wonderful D&D goodness in your life because we all need a little more D&D. You know, I, I say this all the time, uh, and it's one thing I love to just talk about, which is D&D is just gamified storytelling. A hundred percent. Right? We're sitting around a campfire like our ancestors did hundreds of thousands of years ago. We're doing the same thing now. Still the same thing. Now we're just rolling clickety clacks. Right. <laughs> well, this time the elder doesn't get to decide what happens to the monster. I do. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, I tell people often that that is uh, absolutely what I love most about um, D&D is the storytelling. I'm, I'm here. Like I love, I love combat. I love optimizing. I love loot. Sure. I love all that. But storytelling is what draws me back over and over. And like you were saying it's about also, the dungeon run, finding that group of people that you love telling stories with is a truly magical thing. Absolutely. And that's, and that's improv teams for you too, I think. Uh, at least that's how I tried to approach it was that like, look, we're, whether we're telling a long form story or a short form one, we're telling a story and that's why people are here and that's why people like entertainment. Uh, I'm, I'm a firm believer in that all entertainment is just storytelling in one form or another. And that's what we all are driven to really, I think, is, you know, <clears throat> I want to learn things. I want to know, I want to know something new. I want to, I want to experience a viewpoint I haven't ever experienced before. Uh, and so you know, I, I really feel like that's what storytelling is. And I love that the D&D has grown as much as it has, because I can be completely honest. I played D&D for a long time where that would have gotten me beat up if I ever said it out loud. Uh, so, um, and you now know, you've come to the point where you can make money come, doing that, which is just wild, right? Which is crazy now. Yeah, you can make money doing it now. And, uh, you know, one of the parts that I always loved about D&D was, especially for the storytelling part, was minis. Because minis, even if they're just gray or metal, uh, they're on the table and they help me visualize what's going on way more than I, I could sometimes in my own head. Absolutely. Now, uh, especially a well-painted mini. Um, now I've started doing that on my own streams as well as painting minis. Uh, I do it twice a week now, Tuesdays and Saturdays and uh, twitch.tv slash the real Rockton. Um, and, and we'll drop a link in the show that, notes. So you can check, uh, check in the show notes and we'll have a link to uh, Ron's Twitch so you can go check those streams out. Thank you. Um, but now we have something that's grown that I really have found a, a passion for, and that's 3D printing. Yeah. Right? Like You, you were telling me I this remember, before the show that you have, what, how many, how many printers do you have, you were saying? I have four of them. So you're I really into FDM it, it's printers. fair to say. Yeah. I have two FDM printers, uh, Creality Ender 3 and a Creality CR6SE. I also have two resin printers by Epax, an E10 and an X1. Um, they are incredible. You can make, it's like having a microwave that makes things for you, right? And, and that's what I remember. I remember distinctly in like high school, early high school, there, where I was in science class and they're, they're talking about things that will happen in the future. And one of them was like this, oh, you'll, you know, we'll have something that might be like a little black box and you put in a code and out pops the thing that you want. You don't have to go to the store. Yeah. It, it, it is just made for you. Well, we're very close to that already. We're at the beginning of that already, right? And it's, it's relatively cheap even now to yeah. get into it. 
it still requires some technical knowledge. You sure. still need to you still need to know kind of the physics of light and the physics of of heat and and how things are placed on a bed. But you get beautiful things like Hero Force, for example. Right. That's that's yeah. a thing that's yeah. available. Um, companies like that can rise up, but you can even have things in your own home. Like I have printed a set of daggers, right? Like just fantasy daggers that I have that I printed just because I wanted to see them and paint them and make yeah. them look nice. I've seen people who have printed an entire Captain America shield, um, you know, all sorts of cool, fantastic props like yeah. that. It's, it's an amazing. An entire Iron Man working costume. Yeah. And it's I actually, incredible what you can do. I, I have a friend who works in industrial aerospace 3d printing where they're printing in metal they're printing things that are being used like by nasa and spacex and it's like it, it is a, a crazy fantastic world but but like you said a great way to do it and i think a thing that's super popular and i say this because i got 15 minis on my table in front of me um i got this guy actually oh, 15 oh i only got 15 only 15 because i don't print them myself but my buddy uh <laughs> i'm buddy with uh ian phillips from oh, nice. uh, iron tusk painting does critical roles painting um, he painted, nice. he printed me off this massive troll and painted it. It's all covered in blood. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's actually just a great, but, but you, uh, but you, you, you print. So like, like when did you get into, to printing? Do you design them yourself? Like what is, what's the whole process? Um, yeah. So I got into it because, uh, a friend of mine, um, showed it to me and said, Hey, I think you might be into this. Uh, and also because I'm a LARPer and a cosplayer. And so, you know, making things is much easier than buying them. Sure. Especially when yes. you have an. I'm also a programmer by trade, so open source technology is something I'm very into and like. Uh, and so I've been, you know, things like Thingiverse are a, a, a wonderful, wonderful for this uh, this concept. Um, it was then that I was like, you know what? This is basically just like programming and it's modeling, right? It's really just modeling. Yeah. So eventually I got, I couldn't find the things that I love the most, right? Even on places like Hero Forge, which you can make a whole lot there are still things that aren't there that I might want to do. It's true. And so yeah. eventually you're going to have to find someone to like model that for you if you want it done. And you can do that. There are plenty of modelers out there. It's usually very expensive because uh, it takes time to model and expertise is uh, you get what you pay for uh, with expertise in my opinion. And so you should pay a modeler pretty well uh, when you're, when you're uh, working with them. Um, so it led me to finding people who were as passionate about these kind of things as I was. Uh, and now I have created, uh, I'm started my own company called the Dungeon Society. Uh, and we are working on our first Kickstarter to output uh, minis, full minis uh, designed from start to scratch from our company uh, to be released in a Kickstarter. Uh, hopefully some licensing things. We're all in the, we're in the middle of starting all of that. Um, and it's been incredible. I've already got the first of the minis that we have designed from someone's imagination to now it's painted in my house. Uh, yeah. And that is an incredible, I don't know if you have ever had experienced something like that, but that was such an incredible feeling to sit down at a desk and go, I literally helped this thing come into being. Yeah. You have a child. So I was I'm about sure to say that, that that's, that's the that. only, but, but even, even that like conceptually is, is different in so many ways right. from like saying like, right. Oh, I've collaborated with, uh, in my case, I collaborated with one person, but you collaborated with multiple people to talk and ideate and, and come up right. with this, this thing that is clearly a passion project. And right. and so do you have a timeline for, uh, how soon you're hoping uh, to yeah, launch? Yeah, we're that? actually looking to launch our first Kickstarter come, uh, August or September okay. uh, for output. We're trying to make output for December. Um, and, uh, I, 
I have the idea and we're we're still shoring all of that up before I want to say exactly what we're doing. Sure. Uh, but it will be about August, September time. Uh, and I open up, we have a website, DungeonSociety.com. Um, and please sign up there if you want to be included in any kind of testing. Like I do a lot of testing uh, one shots and encounters. I would love to include more individuals um, and you can keep up to date with the things that uh, we're doing there. That is awesome. I'm going there right now, which is riveting podcast material. Uh, but I will keep this tab open in the background. And then I, once we're done, I'll go check it out more. Yeah, great. I, I want to jump back because you've talked a few times about um, how you got into or how long you've been playing D&D. I think you said you've been playing since you were 17 and yeah. uh, your love of storytelling. What was it that initially introduced you to the game and kind of drew you to it and then kept you hooked for so long? Um. Well, as I told you before, I had a little bit of a harder childhood. Sure. So the library became my way of um, escaping the hardness of my childhood life. Uh, and so I, I fell into mythology in libraries. Uh, Greek and Roman, Aesop's fables, mm, Norse, yeah. Egyptian, uh, even in, uh, indigenous. Uh, I, have, I have many books on indigenous mythologies. I'm just fascinated on where the beliefs of humans came from. You know, I grew up... I grew up in a religious household, uh, and it was always fascinated on, well, where does all this stuff come from? Like, how do we know any of this? Like, what happened? Yeah. Like, how did this, how, how did this come about? And that was when I realized, oh, the Greeks did it. The Egyptians did it. The Norse did it. They, we all did it. All humans did it. And that was when I was like, okay, well, since all, all people in, since time immemorial have been doing this, Maybe I should do this too. Maybe there's some right, maybe yeah. there's some help or, or some understanding that I can derive from my life by inundating myself with storytelling, whether it be doing it, whether it be experiencing it, uh, however I do it. And so it started out with Greek and Roman mythology. I read a, literally anything I could find. Uh, I, I took classes on it. Like it was just, I was fascinated by it. Yeah. And it was in high school that a friend of mine named Nathan, who I recently reconnected with, uh, eBay had just started. It was, it was still, it was maybe like a year old. Sure. And there was a big, someone put up on eBay, a big auction of like all of their advanced D&D &D stuff, yeah. books, yeah. everything. And so Nathan, myself, and another friend of ours, we pooled our, our allowances at the time and Nathan bought that, won that eBay auction. Yeah. And so we split it three ways and then we, and then Nathan ran a, a campaign for us and it was, it was then even just the first time we rolled dice and seeing all of this and going, I have never seen this before. This is such a great, like, yeah. why is this not everywhere? Yeah. And I grew up in the South at this time I was in Georgia, mm -hmm. the Bible belt of our nation. And so satanic panic was still a big thing there, right? It was still, even though it had been many years since that happened, it was still rooted in that Southern Baptist communities. Right, right. Uh, and so there was a lot of like hush, hush, you know, I'm not playing Magic the Gathering. What's that? I, I'm playing a card game. I have no idea what you're talking about. It's Narnia. Um, I promise. It's Narnia. Yeah, right, right. Oh, it's Lord of the Rings. And that was it, right? Lord of the Rings was really always a fall to. It was yeah. like, it's Lord of the Rings. And people went, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, at least educators did. Sure. Right? Educators were like, oh, Lord of the Rings, great. Uh but those who weren't necessarily educators still were like, I don't, this is, what is this? So that's where I'm going anywhere. Like it was, I, you had to be in, in, in hide yourself 
from people, yeah. right? You couldn't be outgoing and open about that. It had to be hidden. Um, then I got to college and things started to change and I started to realize like, oh, look, there are more people who like D&D. People want me to run campaigns for them? Okay, cool. Let's do this. Let's do it. And that's kind of where it started. I just, yeah. I was kind of like Jared. Jared has shared this before. Jared plays Sev, uh, Siv Red Thistle on the, the Dungeon Run. He shared it as well where it's like, I became the de facto DM because no one else knew how to. Sure, yeah. Everyone wanted to play, but no one knew how to DM and nobody had any of the materials. And so that's what I tried to do. I lucked out. My grandmother was very supportive of me. Uh, I reconnected with my grandmother uh, during my college years. And she was very supportive and, and helped me gain a lot of those materials so I could DM for oh, people. that's awesome. Um, yeah, she was very, she yeah. still is very supportive of me in that way. I love her to death. I love you, Grandma. I love you. Um, so, uh, how many how many of your guests have ever said that on the show? I think you're the first one. But shout out to yeah. shout out to grandmothers. 100. I also love my mother. So love you, mom. We'll, we'll we'll get the whole list. That's that's great. That's well. No, I don't love any of my family other than those two. People. Well, see, that's see, that's where I was about to say. I was like, well, I don't, I don't necessarily love no, my that's mom. It. We don't let's let's get yeah. We'll get into our whole. Uh, we'll do we'll do that on a bonus content talking about our family <laughs> family tree. We don't talk to. Yeah. yeah. Well, so, that's it. It, it, and I'm a little strange that way. I do it on the Dungeon Run too. Is like for me, it's a matter of like these individuals. If they weren't around, I wouldn't be around. And so, even if I have, a, if I have it, if I have your attention, yeah, I'm going to spend some time. Thanks, mom. Thanks, grandma. Thanks, Reed. Those things. And you absolutely should. That that's great. So, man, that, that and that's so cool to have. Um, you know, kind of have that experience. And I've shared before on the show that similar. I I grew up in and currently in Texas. Um, okay. and you know, the, the very conservative community down here. Yeah. Um, so somewhat similar experiences and all that. And it is great when you have people who see beyond, um, you know, just whatever chain letter is being sent around about the, the bad thing their kids doing and just go, Oh, I see you love this. This brings you joy. Um, it's clearly, it, it is genuinely good for you. How can I help you? How can I help enable that? So it's, yeah. it's fantastic that your grandma was able to do that for you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, my grandmother, um, she, when, she was in her heyday. She worked with um, my grandfather uh, and she worked together and they worked as a toy company. So oh, okay. they worked with, um, um, I can't remember the name of the toy company. They did paint by numbers and the Etch-a-Sketch. Uh, oh, uh, I know who you're talking about. Everybody knows you know the Etch-a-Sketch. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they worked with that company um, in the higher echelons. And uh, so, you know, when I told her all about like the dungeon run things that I was doing, um, you know, I think she felt like, and if she didn't, she should, felt like she had some personal responsibility of that, right? Like yeah. the fact, the only reason I was good enough and, and could audition for the dungeon run and, and, and win that, that character was because my grandmother supported me, right? Like had I not had that experience in college, yeah. I wouldn't have had the experience that I had to be, to be able to create a go on the fly. Like I did in the, in the audition. So, um, you know, it's, it's that kind of stuff. There's, I try to, that's what storytelling is, right? Remembering what came yes, uh, and, and trying to share that with the generations that follow. And so for me, it's that. It's acknowledging grandma helped me with that. My mother helped me with these things. My brother helped me with these things because that's what storytelling is. I want to, I want to do that. So Ugo is equal parts of a bunch of different people that have been in my life that helped me tell this story that uh, Ugo is telling. And, and I think that's really the key and the wonderful thing of storytelling is that we're using our own experiences, imagining things, putting them through a filter, and then trying to show what we've learned through that filter. 
And like you said, and, and I think that that's a great place to end the episode because I, I think that brings us full circle back to this idea of the oral tradition, the telling of stories um, is literally a tale older than time, a tradition that's older than time that we pass along, whether that is, you know, family story, family history, world history, or stories we collaborate and create and tell together and then teaching others how to tell stories, enabling others. Um, that's what we were talking about, the great thing about this community allowing us to do that. And it's really beautiful. And, and you get an opportunity to uh, to do that now. And that's fantastic. Yeah. And, and honestly, it's my hope to take that I get that opportunity and eventually give others the same opportunity. That is really what I want to do, right? Like there's so many stories out there that haven't been told that need to be told uh, and they come from everywhere. So if you're someone out there who who is that, if you're listening to this right now and you've got a story in your head, do whatever you can to get it down. Do whatever you can to tell that story because that's why your brain made that story. Yeah, it, it's there to be shared. Absolutely. That's right. Well, thank you so much for joining. Um, it's been, the time literally has flown by. It's been so much fun talking with you. I'm very excited because we actually, uh, we still have a little bit of time left that we will do with uh, my special bonus segment that we like to call the Zone of Truth. So if you support the show at patreon.com slash roll for persuasion, you get access to these bonus segments where you get to hear these exclusive special conversations with my guests where we chat about I don't know. We make it up. And I think that's what makes it fun. Um, so I typically throw out the question, like, what's the thing that you're into that you're nerdy about or super into that maybe isn't D&D or gaming? Is there something else? Um, we talked about mini making already that you, uh, we might talk about LARPing. I don't know. What, what else are you into? And we'll make that our, our subject for this uh, episode. Uh, AI. Ooh. Okay. I'm very we're, interested in AI. We're going to leave it at that. We're going to call that the T. So if you want to hear Ron's thoughts on AI, and uh, I have some thoughts and questions as well, um, make sure that you support the show at patreon.com slash roll for persuasion. You get access to that back catalog. I think of over 50 episodes now at this point with people like Mark Humes and Christina Ariel and uh, Freddie Wong and Adam Bradford and all sorts of just fantastic, awesome people. You can hear their cool stories there. And uh, before we go, I want to make sure that you get a chance to tell everyone where they can find you and follow what you're doing. Absolutely. You can find me at uh, twitch.tv slash the real Rockton. Most of my social media handles are at the real Rockton. Um, you can find me on the Dungeon Runs Wednesday nights at 6 p.m. PST, twitch.tv slash the Dungeon Run. Uh, where else? That's that's mostly it. Yep. Well, that's pretty good. And we'll put all of those links in the show notes as well so that you uh, don't even have to do any typing. Just scroll right down and click. Um, Ron, it's been great. Thank you so much for, for joining me. I'm looking forward to chatting more in a few minutes. But uh, yeah, I'm also looking for forward to catching you guys more on the Dungeon Run. So looking forward to that. Absolutely. I can't. I have, and your live play sounds so interesting. I hadn't heard of it before you, before you said it today. And now I'm like, well, I, w- I want to see that story. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen too many too many games in Neverland, which is uh, which no, is pretty exciting. Yep. And, and a fallen star? Okay, yeah, I'm in. Yeah, we go live in five hours, actually. So after Ooh, after you and I finish, I'm going to take a nap. A, uh, I'll be getting a shot in five hours. Um, my second vaccine. Congratulations. Thank so you. So I'll need some. Uh, I'll need something to watch <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Well, you can definitely check it out. And as we said, all of you can check it out. Second Star dot show. Go check that website out. Uh, a big thank you again to Ron for joining us. Thank you to each and every one of you for listening. Make sure you follow the show at Roll Persuasion on Twitter. If you have any questions about, oh, what cool episode have you done? What people have been on your show? Just go to RollPersuasion.com. You can see it all there. You can grab some cool merch. You can see what I'm up to. You can contact me. If you feel like it, I'll contact you back. That's totally fine. But I always want to thank you guys for joining us. You are what makes this show possible because you choose to listen. And I appreciate each and every one of you. And until next time, guys, enjoy your games. 